0: This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.
1: profile of 20 young poets on Otago Access Radio, a series celebrating the literary talent of young people in Dunedin. Every Wednesday at 5pm we will hear from another young Dunedin poet about their passion for writing and listen to some of their written work. Episodes from these series will be replayed at 9.30pm on Thursdays and 2.30pm on Fridays and available online from www.oar.org.nz and iTunes. Hi,
0: I'm Millie O'Neill, I'm from Columba College and I have a lot of interests like um, my economics teacher this year as a way of like getting to know you she made us um, make our own money like that represented us and I had a lot of different things on it and she was like Millie you just love everything but um, I love singing and playing my guitar and I love writing. I'm actually writing a book at the moment, so that's fun. But um, I, I love the arts, yes. But I also am like quite into politics, and I love to like read the news and learn about different like democracy, socialism, communism, that sort of stuff. The question I ask most in a day is why? Like I'm always asking people why and I'm always like, I listen to what they have to say and then I'm like, why? And, and my science teacher, I'll ask them why and they're like, um, you can learn about that in university. I think it's good to know about the world and not to just like, can give you so much insight into people and I, I don't know why, to be honest. I don't know why, I ask why. I love, like, knowing things and sharing new things with people that shock them. And, I don't know, I suppose just make them think about life. And, like, I'm very into philosophy as well. I love just, like, thinking about the way we live our lives. Because so many of us, we just, even I myself, we just go around in circles every day. I go to school, I do my, you know, I do all that stuff. But it's kind of, like, it's boring when you look down at us. We're just going around in circles, working, working. And um, I don't really think, like, that's the meaning of life. Even if there is no meaning and we're just, you know, there, which is, you know, it's going to be different. Everyone has different opinions on that. But um, I think just you have to make the most of it while you're here and, like, just think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Hours over. Time. Your selfish, wasteful, evil idea that disallows our potential. Sounds of ticking, glances to those white numbers on a small screen. Constantly does the audition, vision, gustation, olfaction and tactician of you chime. Our ears, tongues, fingers, eyes and noses are sore with voices announcing you. Societal bowing, knees on the rough concrete while you sit in your velvet throne. And the sounds of those high-pitched sound waves waking me from my meditative slumber when the sun has not yet risen. At the taste of my oats, I am reminded that you control me. and the feeling of my palms digging into the grass and the envious aromas arising from my friends' plastic boxes, I am reminded that your brutal whips, they call, hours over, are only half done. What I would do for you to be a dimension I could somehow manipulate, to be as malleable as bread dough, I would play upon all the instruments of life without being limited by you. Tell me where is the key to that. And even when your unmerciful reign is over, you haunt me in the darkness that you find a way to block, with light of street lamps seeping through my window, and the soft warm sheets slowly slipping off my skin as I toss and turn, the cold reminding me that my break from you is nearly over. You wear a sadistic smile on your face, a face of twelve numbers, compatible to the likes of the Joker's. I cannot master you because my genius only sparks when I have much of you, and much of you I will never have. They say I need to control you, but you create an impossible obstacle course of procrastination to get past, using my primitive instincts as a tool. Or maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe the obstacle course is easy, and maybe I'm a fool. It's about my bad time management. (laughs) I feel like artists, you see them and they take hours and hours to um, paint beautiful paintings and they're, they're good at right. some are really good at um, you know drawing things in a short time, but some are like, they'll have terrible drawings in a short time, but when you give them the time they're actually better than the artists who drew a, um, a good one in a short amount of time. So I think that time, like you need a lot of it to kind of cultivate um, ideas and inspiration and society is kind of like you need to follow time you need to always be looking at your watch you need to get to work on time and like you can't be late to anything which I'm always late but there was a thing on Facebook actually that said <laughs> that's um, like, like people are more optimistic and successful so that's <laughs> hopefully that works out but um, just time is something that us that our society is centered around and it's just this thing like when the sun comes up and when the sun goes down and i don't think that it's something that we should focus on so much like in the holidays when you forget about the time it's really nice because you can just you know you just have your own time and you're just doing whatever you want to do and pondering and you can take time and you don't have to stress about deadlines and things and it the product of whatever you're making or whatever you're doing will be better when you're not under the pressure of time. Just my friends, like, they always have me on about my bad time management. And when people first me because people often associate, like, a certain personality or a certain, like, intellect with being, um, like, organised or disorganised, like you know since I'm such a nerd and I'm always like reading Shakespeare soliloquies or whatever people are gonna think I'm really organized and like but I'm not I'm so disorganized um I'm messy I'm I have a quote chaos is my solitude so I I I I like if even if I had a choice to be organized I wouldn't want to be organized and I feel like just like that constantly my friends having me on about like I'm really have such bad time management and organization I'm like you know what I don't care (laughs) I'm proud of it so um that was kind of what that poem was about and like how time is so annoying and I can't really control it I wrote a play earlier this year and my, my teacher my drama teacher read over it and We ended up, like, we were going to perform it as a class, but it ended up kind of being a bit too, like, it was going to be too hard to get all the um, girls in the class to do. Like, she just, she really saw uh, sort of my philosophies of life coming through it, and so definitely I think that comes through in my work. And also, I have a lot of passions for, like, human rights, so sometimes, probably not so much in these pieces of poetry, but in other pieces of poetry I write, it definitely, like... You can see that I'm angry. <laughs> I've analysed a lot of poetry and looked at it, and I think just some poems are literally just a metaphor for something. So it's really so those sort of poems, like you kind of need to analyze, they can be analysed and seen, like, whether they're relevant. If, if it's um, a really old poem, obvi- like, it's kind of good to see whether it's still applicable to you know modern day society but some other poems are just sort of there and they're like they're just kind of obvious and like stating things and thoughts and emotions and you can't really analyze them so much they give us a lot of homework and then they give us all these like extra things we can do and all these poetry competitions we can enter I know, we do the odd creative writing and like writing a poem, but it's not something that we do a lot. we more focus on like the grammar and the structure and the essay, transactional writing. I definitely think we do have like enough of it. Um, and people, some people just aren't interested in that. So they can carry on doing what they want to do. But And we can do that in our spare time. And that's hard to fit in. One person that I think is really cool is his name is Titus Kafar. He's an artist. I think he lives in New York. I'm not sure. Somewhere in America. And um, he was on the TED um, Live radio thing this year. And he does a lot of, like, black pride art. And I really, really love it. Like, it's really meaningful and sort of symbolic. So he often... um, He recreates a lot of old pictures where there was, like, maybe one black person who was made to look a lot smaller... And there's all these white people around them looking perfect and you know, beautiful and beautifully dressed and, and looking like they're important. And then he's, um, and then the black person underneath them just is made to look like they're nothing. And what he does is he, like, um, he so he first of all recreates the original painting, which is amazing. He has really good talent, and then he sort of destroys it in a, but it looks really cool. Um, he puts white. Paint and he just paints over the white people's faces <laughs> which is not it's not really racism against white people if you hear him talk about it but um it's it, it just looks really cool and it's also aesthetic but it's also really symbolic of history and of um, black people and then he makes them and he really focuses it on the one thing. I think poetry like can influence that and or it can influence poetry so it works um either way and I love William Shakespeare I, I'm i not necessarily his poetry like, but his plays I love and um, I read them and I like perform soliloquies all the time to myself and I memorise them and my friend's just like you're such a nerd so I have been writing a few songs and um, I find poetry sounds like you can pretty much make like any really bad poem sound good with music <laughs> so I was like I was writing this poem and I was singing it, and I thought it was going to sound really good because I was singing it and it sounded good. And then I like spoke it aloud and it just sounded like such a bad poem. (laughs) So, but um, I do think there's definitely like a relation between poetry and music, and songs are a form of poetry. Yeah. I have a lot of things I want to be. Like, so obviously, I'm writing a book, so maybe an author, which would obviously relate to writing and stuff. I'd like to write songs, I'd like to write music so that would obviously translate and I feel like in philosophy is what I'd like to um, study philosophy in the future and I think that poetry is a good, it, it's sort of a part of philosophy in itself the way, or the way philosophy can come through in poetry or individual people's philosophies so I think that could yeah I look down to my fingers, covered in calluses from playing the guitar, swaying to the sound waves coming out of my headphones. Tears pour out of my eyes as I think about life, running fingers over my scars. My skin absorbs the salt water, and all of this from a simple thing is vibrations in my bones. I pick up a pencil, and I put it on paper, and I write my soul onto it. I am teleported to a world where anything is possible, where I am whoever I want to be and whatever I want to be. Realists may not know the joys of this world called dreams. You may not realise, but here we have more wit than you could ever imagine. Here I speak nine different languages. I have ten different occupations and marry a new handsome man every month. Here the whole world knows my name. Here nothing is perfect or sane or safe. Here, everyone has done incredible, impossible things without being injured somehow. Here, everything is perfect for whoever is here. Here, my art is painted on the walls of my apartment in a big city full of people and colour and life. Here I am who I want to be. Here I am my alter ego. Here I am me. And no one cares. And I can be in the middle of nowhere or in the middle of London in a few seconds. Here I am never ill or in a bad mood. Here I think of my past and my future and what happens after death and what is happening right now or where I'd rather be. Here my eyes are open, though you think they're closed. Here I don't sleep. Here I dare to do whatever I dare to do. Here my bucket list is written down with many ticks. Here everyone is free. Here Michelle Obama is president. Here we sing songs in a circle around a bonfire under the stars every night. Here the seasons are whatever you want them to be. Here love is everywhere sometimes, another time it just friends dancing around, listening to single ladies on repeat. Here books have been written, here I am unstoppable, here is my head. It was about, like, I suppose how anywhere you are, you can just sort of close your eyes and you can take yourself into anywhere you want to be and so I stay up I don't really go to sleep straight away at night I stay up and I just think about whatever I want to think about and I create scenarios of my head of places and people and like events that are happening because let's be real when you go to school like five out of seven days a week and you can't you don't and like you're always doing homework you don't really have time to like go to the beach be at a bonfire so that's what I do at night I pretend I'm there and like some and You know, it's just basically, it'll change where it is depending on how I'm feeling and, like, what I need. There's a quote called, most of the world's misery is a lack of imagination. It's my favorite quote. And I think that just basically imagining things in your head and creating scenarios can just help, like, it can make you happy if you're feeling really bad and there's nothing you can really physically do. Like, when I'm feeling ill, I can't go for a run and get endorphins, so I just get endorphins... (laughs) From, you know, dreaming. Poetry, I I find when you read a poem, like sometimes you don't completely understand it, or the writer might have a different view of it than other people. Especially, like, the writer might think it's a really bad poem because he's so used to their particular writing style, um, but other people see it and it gives them meaning. But writing definitely affects people's mood. Like, especially a lot of people listen to music, and a lot of that, which is poetry, as I said, um, and a lot of that also like affects people's mood mu- affects people's moods and like the lyrics can affect how they feel if they're if it's really dark you know that day or they might be really pessimistic that day because they read this poem that sounded like it was just so honest and truthful and that was and they sort of go around being like this is terrible <laughs> like life is over. and then other times it's like it's all just sunshine and rainbows yay so yeah and especially if the poem really had an impact on you, if you're like wowed by it, or it, it can really affect your mood. I don't, I, I just sort of like research poems and I'm like poems about so and so and poems about. Sometimes like I, I really like the poem, but I don't like the other poems the poet writes. So generally I have like individual poems that I'll like and then I'll keep on moving on to like new poems that I'll like and yeah. Yeah, so I'll start off by writing the phrase, and then there might be another phrase that comes into mind, and then I sort of find a way to like bind them together into one piece of work. Um, and I, yeah, I suppose I edit them sometimes. I do it on my computer, sometimes I write it by hand, um, in my like notebook. Um, but yeah, I there sometimes it's different though, sometimes. There are times when I've actually sat down and been like I want to write a poem, I feel like writing a poem and something good has come or it might be raining and I want to write a poem about raining and like, then I just sort of brainstorm ideas about what it feels like and then phrases and then put them all together but most of the time it's just like a phrase and then that's sort of the spark and then all, this other, all the other puzzles sort of just, yeah. Contentment. I don't know where you want to be. I don't know who you are but I do know some people, and I know where they want to be. Most of them want to be where they are, but they complain about where they are every single day. I am a different sort of not being content. See, I don't want to be here. I do not complain about not being here, but I dream of other places, and they tell me to be grateful. Hypocrisy. They tell me that when I go and live wherever I want to go, that i want to come back, because this is my home, because this is where I always want to stay, because this is where I belong. But it's not, and they cannot chain me down. I want to be among tall towers that make me feel tiny. I want to be around art and history and culture and people, millions of people, because people are beautiful and interesting and different, and there are billions of different things going on in their heads. People have ideas, have inspiration, have music and joy and love to give. I want to be in such a clutter of people that I can't breathe. So sorry that I don't want to stay in a tiny city at the bottom of a tiny country at the bottom of the world. It was just basically about how everyone, like, complains about living in New Zealand um, and, like, about things about it that are bad and i'm like why don't you just move to another country where it's better and they're like no i'm staying here and they're like it's beautiful here it's it's and they give me all this justification i'm like then stop complaining because like i don't want to live here but i don't complain about all the bad things about new zealand i just dream about being in other places and i just like think about being there and i really want to be there and I'll I'll get there one day but obviously now I can't because yeah I'm definitely like one of those people who is impulsive and sort of like does what they want to do when they want to do it spontaneously so <clears throat> when I'm older I'm not going to be sort of limited to here and I'm not going to list but people are always telling me like you know you're you're going to want to come back to New Zealand when you're older and you'll travel all around the world and you'll just want to come back here and it's like maybe but you don't know like you don't know who I am you don't know what I like and I might be different to you you might be a, an introvert and I'm an extrovert so I might you know have different preferences to you yeah I used to live in Cromwell a little town out in central tago and that was small and I was like and I loved it there and I loved the country and everything and I'm like I'm such a country girl and I love this space and I don't want to be in crowded cities and then I um, and then my parents actually took me on a six month trip around like Europe and Vietnam and I saw all these big cities and all these people and all this history and culture and I I was just like I want to be here I don't want to be these like nothing back home (laughs) like and everything's so tiny and everyone's so small minded and I just want to yeah London especially was the place that like I love the most I really wanted to and so my friends and then all the parents are like oh you go there and then you want to like then you want to come back but uh, I feel like if I come back here I'll just be miserable and feel like I'm stuck and like trapped and there's not as many opportunities here cuz we're such a small country and we have such low population there's not as many opportunities yeah I just love, like, seeing different cultures and different people and different foods. I love, like, trying new foods um, and especially sp- spicy foods. I, like, love chilli. <laughs> um, but I just... Any any new people or new cultures, I just find it really interesting and looking from their perspective. I've travelled ever since I was really young. My dad's worked over on oil fields. Um, so he's, he's in Houston at the moment, actually. And so he travels and he like comes home with all these stories about where he's been like how he was nearly kidnapped in Nigeria and there were like these hyenas that were going to be released on him if he didn't there's some hilarious stories and I just like and I've listened to those growing up being like I want to have stories like that um and I don't remember the first place, but the first place I remember going to was India when I was two. And so, and everyone thought that, you know, like babies cry on planes and stuff. But I was completely quiet. I just sat there watching the wiggles. And um, whenever I go on a plane, like when I hear the sound of the airplane, it relaxes me. And sometimes like when I meditate, I think of being on a plane and everyone is like really stressed out on planes. But I think like planes are almost like my home like my home is not anywhere my home is in the sky you know like i can cuz you can just be wherever you want to be i think just go for it to be honest um poetry is something that comes like quite naturally to me and might not come so naturally to other people um but i think just sort of surround yourself um, in places where you could find inspiration and don't try too hard don't force it to happen because it's not going to be good if you force it to happen like it's going to be good if it comes out of um a place when you're feeling really inspired or happy or you know when you're feeling really strongly an emotion or you're in a really happy place or you're I don't know you're in somewhere and you're just thinking about all these things and sometimes you're just phrases that come into your head um as you look at your surroundings so and then you can sort of work off those phrases yeah I know it sounds really like cringy but just do what you love because when I was younger I was always like I'm going to have a real job I'm gonna be a lawyer or a doctor and I'm gonna you know I'm going to make lots of money but like what's the point in that if you're not happy you've got to really think about what you're doing and what's behind it and what makes you feel complete like as a person and what will make you feel like I had a good life when you die and I think that's a thing that my parents have always said to me you know like you've got to make the most of things while you're here you've got to be happy because um my friend Abby Hone, she died when she was 12 years old in a car crash, um, and we weren't super close, but it just made me think about how fast, like, things life can be taken away from you, and how, I suppose, yeah, and I suppose that's what really encouraged me to start, uh, you know, like, writing music because I used to do that more when I was younger, I think. And so that's what inspired me to kind of start doing it again because I thought, I, you know what, I'm just going to do what I feel like doing because in the end, what like does it matter how much money I'm going to make or does it matter, you know, like it matters that I'm helping people and it matters that I'm helping myself.
1: That was the profile of our latest Young Poet on Otago Access Radio. This project has been supported by the Dunedin City Council's Creative Community Scheme, Dunedin UNESCO, City of Literature and Dunedin Public Libraries. If you would like to get involved with this project or any future Youth Zone projects, you can call the station on 471 6161 or email youthzone at oar.org.nz.
0: This programme was first broadcast on Otago Access Radio and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air.